This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. This week's episode of Shake Them Ropes is sponsored by Mindy's Bakery in Chicago, Illinois. Are you fucking pissed? The fact that I have to sit up here because we have irresponsible people who call themselves EVPs and couldn't fucking manage a target. All these muffins are still good. I'm hurt and I'm old and I'm fucking tired and I work with fucking children. Even then. This is from Mindy's Bakery, by the way. It's a great place in Chicago. If you like pastries and baked goods, I suggest you go there. They're closed on Mondays and Tuesdays, though. (laughs) Mindy's Bakery in Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, it's Mindy's Bakery. Closed on fucking Mondays and Tuesdays. Hey, kids, do you like professional wrestling? We like professional wrestling, too. Seems to be a bit to talk about this week, huh? This is Shake Them Ropes. I am Jeff Hawkins. He is Chris Novembrino. We are sponsored this week by HelloFresh and, of course, Mindy's Bakery. <laughs> I'm really excited to have them on the show here this week. It's so cool. A foul mouth there. Uh, <laughs> Mindy's Bakery offer uh, pot muffins because, well, I have a lot of respect for straight edge. Uh, if someone could have used one this week. I don't know, man. I, I you you pictured this to me the other day. I, I keep thinking about CM Punk discovering that he's on a pot brownie at that particular moment in time and going apoplectic. Yeah, yeah. You put this. You what did you do to me? What? Oh God! You surprise dosed me. Yeah, yeah. That would be bad news. But uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get in the news. <laughs> As best as we can. So, the fallout from All Out at the Scrum. CM Punk decides he's not taking any prisoners. Starts talking about how bad wrestling journalists are. Starts talking about Adam Page. Starts talking about the Bucks. Starts complaining, complaining, complaining. He was hurt in the match as well. Looks like he's going to be out for a while, but he's going to be out for a while regardless. Stripped of the world heavyweight title for AEW. Additionally, also stripped Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. The trio's title also crowned. Why is that, you ask? Well, if you've been living under a rock or you just don't follow the internet for any reason, there's a few of you that might be like that. Well, (laughs) Kenny and the Bucks decided to go talk to CM Punk in his dressing room afterwards. A fight broke out. Depending on who you believe, a chair might have been thrown. Um, A Jackson might have been knocked out. A Kenny Omega might have been bit. A puppy might have been rescued. But nevertheless, all four of them have been suspended. Also suspended a steel, the aforementioned person who allegedly bit Kenny Omega. Michael Nakazawa, Brandon Cutler, Christopher Daniels. Also allegedly in this meeting as witnesses, or at least came in at some point, were uh, Mega Parekh, chief legal officer of AEW. That's always great. 
But yes, not a lot of people saying a lot of things on television this week because there are possible legal repercussions to it. But nevertheless, they were not on. The show, quote unquote, went on with a tournament for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship, which will be crowned in the aforementioned Long Island, New York, in the Arthur Ashe Center. And we have some thoughts. Chris, uh, I will let you go first, I guess. Boy. Uh, Unless you want me to and you can respond. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of interested in reacting off you, but like, okay, let's stop. Let's start on the top line here, which at least for me is that this is a failure of Tony Khan's leadership. Yes. At, yes. at the fundamental core, I know everyone's like, oh, the Bucks did this, CM Punk did this, and if you go back a few months ago, this happened, and if you go back a couple weeks ago, this happened, and then CM Punk said that, and then the, they, but yes, all of these things, we'll, we'll cover all of the blocking and the geography and all of that, but... At the top of this org chart is Tony Khan, who is not just some like aloof executive who like lives on an island and maybe isn't super aware of the machinations of his large multinational corporation or whatever. This is a day-to-day owner-operator who is in the trenches talking to everyone in that locker room on a regular basis. He has his pulse on the locker room. He knew that things were bubbling up here. And I, I, I feel like it's impossible to argue that he had no idea that this was happening. If he didn't, that's still a failure of leadership, but I simply don't believe that. But if he didn't, it'd be a, just a damning indictment on this guy's level of obliviousness. But I'll go further on this because at the end of the pay-per-view, I thought was an unbelievably interesting decision before I saw the scrum, which was to work in this phone call, uh, I, I, which I believe is a worked phone call. I don't think this is the original phone call. That, yes, I don't. Uh, yeah. I don't think uh, no. MJF has a uh, answering no. machine. Right. Yeah, 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 <laughs> right. Right. So, so like to basically like kayfabe in this sort of like phone call that built off of the outside of the ring drama from the last pay-per-view. It ends up serving as this weird wraparound metaphor, and it sort of shows, well, Tony Khan has this mindset of like, maybe we can turn reality into good business, brother. Uh, and I think that's very much what's underpinning the relaunch of MJF here. And I think in his head, as he was watching all of this stuff bubbling with the Bucks and Omega and CM Punk, I think in Tony's brain, he was thinking, oh, there's a tremendous opportunity for good business to you know be bubbling up here. This this will be great. These will be really hot angles. Um, and, and then, and then Punk steamrolls Tony Khan on the dais there. I, well, I know. Let, people... let, me, let me hold up here because I want sure, to get sure. in my top line thought because it's kind of in line with yours. Okay. It's twofold. Number one, there are no good guys in this situation. Everybody is at fault, including Adam Page. And I'll get into them in a bit. But really, my top line thought was Tony Khan's the guy at fault here. He is the man in charge. He could have squashed this at various points. When Adam Page went and did that to Punk on his promo, could have been punished then. Could have been squashed. The beef could have been squashed then. A lot. There could. I mean, there was allegedly a sit down, but um, you know what? Something more had to be done. When Punk gave his receipt months later by making Adam Page look stupid on TV by calling him out and and him not and page not being able to respond tony could have done something right there and then too 
He could have punished Punk. He could have punished everybody. He could have brought everybody in the room and say, hey, look, this has to come to a stop right now, or none of you are ever <laughs> having this title. Some of you may not have a job ever again, et cetera, et cetera. It could have been stopped at the scrum, even. When Punk started going off the rails here, Tony Khan could have just ended the press conference right there, but because of his transparency gimmick, he decided not to, and he decided to keep it going, thinking it would get back on track. He was wrong. Tony Khan is, in my mind, a process manager versus a people manager. I think he wants to avoid conflict at all costs, and I think he's delegated authority a little bit, but he also wants to be in control, and that's a problem. When you don't want to deal with the problems, you can't not not be a per people person. You can't avoid it. You can't sit in an office booking and saying you handle it or whatever. Unless you just don't want it to be handled and, and you want to do like you want to have fist fights and you have people, you know, doing these things in there. But yes, Tony Khan's lack of management skills here failed him. And for all the people who are saying, well, he's involved in two different sports organizations. It's not the one that goes in when a guy needs to be cut, and looks him in the eye and says, we're not going to be using you this year. He's not. He's a guy, he might be in on the means. He might be in on some of the uh, economics of it. He might be on the spreadsheet crunching of it, but he's not the guy who looks at you and says, you're not going to be able to play in this organization this year because you're not good enough. Because he wants to avoid those types of things. He's not a general manager. He's never had that kind of experience. He's a guy with management experience, but it seems to be more of a process manager versus a people manager. But yes, Tony Khan had multiple opportunities to squash this, and he didn't. Yeah, and, and at the end of the day, this just doesn't go down like this if Khan manages things differently. Yes. Uh, all, all the same tensions, dislikes, animuses, all these sorts of things. These are nothing new under the sun, especially not in the world of professional wrestling. Or any uh, creative endeavor. Hollywood, yeah. TV shows, TV staffing, improv groups, for God's sakes. This, I mean, these are all headstrong people with big egos, and you need someone to be able to control that. It's not all kumbaya we all hate vince mcmahon and and i want to build off that other point that you opened up with which is and i guess this is somewhat pointed at like the broader uh community too which is like it's possible the process this guy's where nobody's actually looking better coming out of this yeah you don't have to pick a hero in this one because there aren't any Nobody, and I, and I don't care if Kenny Omega is, you know, leaking out to the press that he was trying to rescue a dog. We'll talk about that in a second. Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm, I've got things to say on that, Hawkins. Um, no, goofy shoes. Um, no, you actually don't have to like any of these people more coming out of this. You don't have to hate any of them either, but you can, like across the board lose respect for everybody's conduct here which has been my net result of this um i i don't i i was really bad i mean baffled by the sort of reception to con issuing these suspensions which were like just sort of the most obvious and basic disciplinary action that needed to happen especially pending like legal ramifications and people talking as though um these suspect like the suspensions were like tony really taking charge here yeah. It, yeah. It was, like, no, I mean, no. Like, he needed to do this. If he didn't do this, it'd be dereliction. But him doing it's not him taking charge. Yeah. You're giving him credit for things he's supposed to be doing already. It, it's it's one of those things, like at the scrum, when once Cole Cabana's brought up, 
Tony steps in and goes, hey, I made that decision to send him to ROH. End of story. And we're over and we're on to moving or whatever. Or will you interrupt Punk and you say no? But let, let's break down the players here because there's a lot of crap to go around. Adam Page, I... I don't understand when the well was poisoned with him for CM Punk because he never worked with Punk in another organization. And I don't know how long it was until that program started, but him coming out and, and basically saying he's a locker room cancer like a couple weeks into Punk's tenure, that means somebody was talking. Right. And I and think that's what Punk's problem was too a little bit was that the gossip mongers around basically – not right, giving this him is, a no, chance. I'm sure Punk's looking at the page thing and going, I barely know this guy. Why does this guy have such a strong, strongly formed negative opinion of me? And the only answer that makes any sort of sense is, well, somebody said that about me. Yes, that that that's that's the conclusion I have also come to. Punk, I I am baffled by this because he goes into the he goes into the scrum, and he starts talking to Nick Houseman who is, I believe he used to be in comedy sports in Chicago. He's an improviser from Chicago. That's why I asked, do you still do improv? And I believe, and it was one of those things where he was trying to nail, he was trying to nail Hossman on being friends with Colcaban because he was going in there originally, at least, to disrespect everybody in that room. He didn't bring six pack of soda and a bunch of baked goods to start eating them on the microphone that because he was hungry he was making a mockery of the process he doesn't because because all those people in that room in some way or form are playing a role in the professional wrestling industry but they're also in some ways trying to use friendship to gain access and punk doesn't have a lot of respect for that and i get that and, and i think there's also a bit of disdain towards people in wrestling press who drape themselves in the mantle of journalists, yes. but especially in the estimation of a number of workers. And I mean, honestly, people like myself too, frequently fall short of meeting what you would consider to be good journalistic standards. Um, they, they're too loyal to one source uh -huh. too, too often, you know, because they get access to one source, they report one side story sort of dutifully. And like, I get how it rubs a lot of wrestlers the wrong way, especially when, yes, these people then have this umbers like, how dare you do this to the wrestling press? Yeah. 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 Okay. And it's like, right. it's like, but, but he wants, he wants the demarcation line. He wants, Hey, look, you're not part of this business. I don't care how much Kenny and the bucks leaked the Meltzer, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so he's just clowning and, and he goes into these things about Colt because he was trying, he was really trying to nail Houseman on being friends, but didn't get there, but then just wanted to just wanted to rail about that. Oh, gets... and real quickly on page. Um, just one last thought on page. Uh, as I, I looked up this because I, I wasn't entirely clear it, whether or not he was a vice president or not. And he's not. And like no. that makes the workers rights promo thing that he did even weirder because it had very much the tone of figures of management that yes. like, you know, yeah, oh, he's the, he's the labor room, you know, he's the labor leader in the locker room, all that sort of thing. Well, who the figures of management be? I, I, and it's, I'm not saying it's coming from Khan. I think it's gotta be coming from the executive vice presidents. I, I think punk looking at the page situation is going, 
based off of this promo, who poisoned this well? And I think his conclusion is it was the Bucks who poisoned the well with Adam Page. Whether that's right or wrong, I'm just looking at that promo again, trying to see it through his eyes, and I see how he would scan it that way. We were all friends here until you came, and then you took away our buddy Colt. Yeah, I mean, that that's how it was viewed to me, but... Punk continues and he starts, you know, he starts going in on the ad on the, on the page interview where he said, basically said he doesn't take advice from, uh, from veterans. And I look, I get that, but I, I assume here the problem with punk is punk's a jerk, but punk's also a jerk with a point. Punk read those comments. Punk didn't listen to those comments. If you listen to the comments, it's kind of like, look, I don't take advice because I kind of want to make my own mistakes. It's yeah, kind of but, but then he goes further. But then he goes further. I, I yeah, kind of, kind of, and I, I I've seen people spinning it that way right. this week too. Okay. Um, but but I also think the same people who have been presenting that quote need to listen to the tail end of it, where Paige then goes on to go like, yeah, and you know, me and the Bucks and Omega, we we've you know built a pretty successful brand here. We and, and, and like he's not wrong about any of that. But like I think again that second part of it clearly belies the fact that there's not actually that much self-deprecation here he's pretty confident that him and his friends the jacksons and kenny omega have got this formula figured out for what wrestling is in the late uh 20 teens and, and the 2020s going forward here um so no i don't think he, he he's not haha i won't take any but no he was no, sort of saying, okay yeah, well let, screw let me, you let guys me, we do me, have it kind of figured out yeah and let me give you a pound on that remember punk was offered aew when it was open, he didn't want to be a part of a of a thing that failed. He wanted to wait to see if it succeeded first. And I think that rubs a lot of those guys the wrong way. Like, you don't have the faith in us to come and be a part of this right now, to be a part of the opening thing. You want to, you want to ride our coattails, etc. I can understand the animus there. Yeah. No, for sure. I do. I get why these guys don't like each other. Yeah. They have. They um, have a lot of decently. I mean, I, I, they have reasonable beefs with one another, or certainly beefs where one can reasonably go, yeah, like you guys would not like each other and don't and, like each other. And so, in the midst, he also says, "We're not Reseda, or whatever." And it's it, look, I, I've had similar thoughts about how AEW runs its business in terms of are these guys serious about growing the company, or they just want to have fun and run and be wrestlers. And and it and it and it, you know. I can see why they'd be upset by that accusation, but I think it does have a little bit of merit. It's just, that's not the time and place for any of this. None of this is the time and place for any of this. This has to happen behind closed doors in calm meetings or zoom meetings where you're not in person with anybody and talking this stuff out and arguing your point and whatever Tony says, go. Now we get to the other part of this, which is punk is saying, Hey, you want to be a man about my lot? My room's always open. Come find me. Well, right afterwards, guess who decides to do that? Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. And look, you can say whether or not kicked down the door, which came from the punk camp of it, was literal or figurative. But nevertheless, this is not the time to discuss these issues. Because everybody... The geography thing. The geography thing is the biggest problem for the young bucks here, right? They have this noble version of events where like they were going to come down and yes, just have a yes, chat. No, with, no, no, no. The, 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 their side of the story is much like, well, we were in a prayer group and we heard brother Phil was upset. So we decided to come down. Oh, brother Phil, I hear you're hurting right now. 
dear brother, tell us what the issue was. And oh, a puppy. We ha- can't have that here in the. Yes, it's it's way too Disney-fied. No, it's way anything. too Disney-fied. And like you, I mean, th- there's just a number of things working against him, right? This is not. It's not that punk came off hot from that dais and then walked and stormed down to their locker room. Punk came off hot from that dais, went back to his locker room, but basically issued what I think any reasonable person, especially someone who likes to go and parse words and analyze the ins and outs of every little quote. There are a number throughout that press conference. I I would read it. I don't know how many F words we're trying to work into this show here. So I'll drop it and just say that enough. There are enough quotes throughout there where I believe the principle of fair warning is applicable here. And what do I mean by that Hawkins? What I mean is that <laughs> cm punk said pretty clearly if you come and step to me and you got a problem to me we can have it out we can have a little fight whether if you have a problem with me let's effing go is one of the quotes i have written down from that presser there um it, it's very clear that what punk is saying and you don't have to agree with this you don't have to say that this is a morally right position to have you don't have to do a number of different things but what punk is saying is where my headspace is at at this time coming out of this press conference is that if you come down and you want to talk to me and have words with me let's go let's have a fight you are right you would be reasonable to expect that such an encounter especially if i don't like you already and you're one of the named names here like scott colton or matt or nick jackson or Adam Page or Kenny Omega. Yeah, if you want to have words with me, we can have words and they're going to get physical. I'm not saying that's right, but he stated that out into the air. So then upon breaking the silence of their meditative prayer or whatever the Bucks were doing backstage, <laughs> um, they decided to walk across the building. Okay, before you get into the fight, though, I want to, I want to clear one thing up as well. I don't think Punk necessarily want to say, let's have a fight. Um, I, I, pretty, I do. I, I do. I also walk up and down this hallway. Okay. I mean, no. Like, no. 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 What? What so I meant. What, what I meant by that was he was sick and tired of people running to Dave Meltzer to talk about Punk instead of t- saying the problems to Punk himself. And he, that's a very valid point as well in this whole industry is that people go running to Sean Ross Sapp and to Dave Meltzer instead of actually bringing the problems to the source of the problem. Right. I think that's correct. And I, I think I think when you say he didn't want to have a fight in, in the literal sense of he was not going to go and start fisticuffs with he was not going to like fit, travel out of his way to start a fisticuffs encounter. Right. Now, on the other hand, yes, uh, let us suppose Matt, Nick and Kenny are not the innocent little choir boys <laughs> who love to rescue school children and puppy dogs. Um, let me paint a different picture for you real quickly. I don't know what happened, but allow me to just play a slightly different version of events given what we kind of do know here. Matt and Nick and Kenny hear all of this backstage. The press are still going on. They're pretty cheesed about this. It's now Swerve and Keith on, on the stand. They've been beefing about that. They've been sitting there and getting hotter and hotter about this. And they're like, you know what? F it. Let's go down and talk to Punk. Um, let's go down and, and let's let's settle it. He said he wants to have words with us. Let's have words with him. Okay. Now, that doesn't mean they want to go down and fight the guy or whatever. But that does mean that they make the uh, elective decision. Oh, by the way, are they executive vice presidents at this time? Let us discuss that in a moment. Yes, that is the point I was going to bring up. I don't want you yeah. to steal my thunder here, so I'm cutting No, in. no. Let us <laughs> no. Let us discuss that in a moment. Yeah, yeah. Our, our, it, they choose to go down there. And all I'm saying is, so they, they knock on this door. I'm guessing they weren't like... Geez, Philip, 
I, we, we heard that you were a bit troubled there earlier listening to Mr. <laughs> Khan's speak. I'm sure it didn't quite have that tone. And then this door opens. You have CM Punk, uh, the rabid A-Steel, who needs to get a tetanus shot. Um, uh, no, he should be gone from the company. Like, let's, let's make no bones about this. But it's like two guys. They are cornered physically because like they're in a room with no exit door. For oh, Espen. there's also... Uh... Ace Steele's wife who wife, has a broken who is foot. injured. Yes. And now and 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 this dog. Okay. So you're CM Punk. You see three guys, at least three guys who actively don't like you. You don't like them and you've just said stuff about them. And then one of those guys goes to grab your dog. Dog owners. Think about this for 30 seconds, please. What would your reaction to this be? It would not be, "Oh wow, Mr. Omega whom I hate is trying to do me a solid right now." No, it would be, what the F is Kenny Omega doing to my dog right now? It would make you more angry. Rightfully so. Again, I'm not defending all of this, but like I just feel, especially in a lot of the presentation of where was Punk's head at in all of this, you cornered a dude. You had him outnumbered. Then you start trying to take his dog away, and his friend's wife's in there and hurt, and it looks like these guys are down here to start a fight? Like, yeah, I, yeah things escalated. Yeah. Bring in the dog what to work what, kind of what did the executive oh, yes it's a douche move. i'm i'm not denying that <laughs> i'm not denying it's not a dude like dude i didn't say i like any of these people more at the end of this. right no i get no, that no. but, but, everybody's but, but like, that's oh, actually all... it's like why does he have a puppy at a pro wrestling show leave that thing at home but but yes now let's talk about the executive vice president yes thing. go cause... for it thunder boy thank you uh they are not actual vice presidents uh with power these are ceremonial vice presidents uh, I believe the Jacksons are involved in merchandise. I believe Kenny's uh, official title has to do with the video game. But boy, does this feel like they're trying to big time punk with the vice president stuff coming in there. And they've brought they've brought actual officers with them. Because if you remember Mega Parekh and Chris Daniels, who is also, I believe, uh, in talent relations with them. So they've brought management to back up their point. Or at least they've gone they've gone to fetch them, one of the two things. And this feels like a pure power move to me, Chris. This this feels like, oh, we're the vice we we're the officers of this company, and you can't be going around here thinking you own the place, blah, 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 in some ways. It it just it feels like a it feels like they're trying to big time a guy who actually has more stroke in the company because he carries the big belt. And Punk's not gonna lay. Punk's not gonna be intimidated by that stuff. Now, was anything said before fist flew? I don't know. Um, you better hope so, because if Punk just started swinging and people started throwing chairs, then then they're both probably gone. But at the same yeah, time, yeah. this is a power move more than anything else, as opposed to a try. I mean, if if you really want to try and calm things down, you wait until Tuesday to call the guy, right? And you there, say, there let's go out no to eat. There's no reason to do this. Something. This is so obviously escalatory. The geography and the timing of this are damning indictments of the Bucks and Omega as peacemakers, as a narrative. And it's actually been stunning to me that this has not been more thoroughly gone through and stripped to shreds because it's goofy. Yes, if they really wanted to have a discussion with him, you mentioned earlier a, a good forum, Zoom. How about another good forum the next day? How about another good forum anywhere else but the arena when CM Punk is covered in blood? Um, like, 
any number of, of different things. How about, you, be... how about you? How about you have a little bit of a mini arbitration session with Mega Parekh if you're gonna bring legal involved? You wait until everybody's calmed down, and then you talk all of this through. And then, yeah, I'll go on, yeah, one step further. It did feel like a total nerd move. If the whole, oh, we're trying to do this as an official action thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, a total nerd move. Total, it would, yes, I, I imagine it would make CM Punk, Phil Brooks, even more angry. Because it's sort of like, this is exactly my point. Yeah, you guys it's his point because he hates clicks. You guys he are, are afraid of yeah. direct confrontation. You guys will, will do all sorts of little snipey, hidey games because you're, you're scared, because you're ninnies. Um, like, like, yeah, no, I, I think uh, if that's what's actually... I mean, I've also heard that like Mega Parek just happened to be like in the vicinity. That's what spot. I'm thinking. Yeah, and, and I, I mean, that's also with MJF too. I, I don't think to, to MJF. Me, to me, it was probably yeah. they went down themselves, and then somebody said, "Oh crap, they're going to go get Punk. Go get somebody to stop this." So I, I don't, I, I don't think they were really doing it as EVPs, and and like or even under like kind of like official stuff. But if they were, I, I mean, I just think that would be unbelievably not flattering. And then now, even if they're not, um. This is wildly unprofessional, and they're the escalators here. Um, they Punk said what he said. What he said was bad, unprofessional, something yes. meriting of disciplinary action, something meriting of suspension. Yes. Um, not merit, but it does not justify taking a field trip down to Punk's locker room, whether it is to have have a civil peaceable discussion or <laughs> something else. I but like I mean, it's the timing. Where's this Mindy's uh, place you speak of, Punk? Yo, I heard some good things about some muffins. Yeah, like. Like, we're staying till Wednesday in Chicago. Oh, really? Are you? You gonna miss dynamite? No. If you want to talk to the guy, you gotta air stuff out. Air stuff out. But like at that particular moment, it was very clear that like Punk didn't actually like want to talk. Talk. Yeah. He, he he wanted to like settle some scores. And if you want to come down and settle some scores, the, the his office was open. And these dudes walk into his office. Um. I mean, I honestly, like, I, I think once Punk hears the voice on the other side of the door, I think he probably thinks he's going to get attacked just like the second he hears the voices, knowing it's Matt and Nick and Omega. Yeah, and especially if you see, like, three yeah. coming in against you, and you're like, all right, it's on. Let's do this. You, you, yeah, you with a torn tricep. I, I mean, like, dude, like, I, the, it's not lost on me that at least as, as far as I can put together from these reports, Punk and Steel were pretty heinously outnumbered. You have an injured man who's tired and a Steel who is rabid. <laughs> Both these people are injured. Yeah, I'm just... Uh, this, I mean, we called this a couple of weeks ago high school drama club. That's what this is. This is just, this is just unnecessary drama. And no, no, I mean... CM Punk's right. He works with effing children, but guess what? He's only a couple grades ahead. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, he's not exactly the beacon of uh, maturity. Yeah. And yeah, no, he's got it all so together for his early 40s. Yes, it's what I'm striving to. Yes. I mean, oh, another person who's got it real together in his early 40s, Bobby Fish, who definitely has not been helping things this whole way down. Yes, Bobby Fish, uh, who whose contract was not renewed, as a, now has a podcast and he's going around. <laughs> Almost basically challenging, challenging CM Punk to an MMA fight. Yes, he's he's certainly sharing some elite thoughts, isn't he? Well, I mean, given you you sent me the the tape of of the Punk Fish match where where Fish basically kicks out at two point nine. They say three point one on TV, but he was pulling a jerk move here too, trying to embarrass Punk on TV. 
that's yeah. yet another member of the elite. Uh, like it, you, you start to put together a narrative very clearly of why, again, rightly or wrongly, rightly or wrongly, I can't stress that enough. Why CM Punk has justifications in his like dislike of the elite guys. Yes, he, I think, in my opinion, rightly does feel as though they are. Well, his term was uh, they're middling their baby face or whatever. Like, like, like that they, they, he feels as though they did not want to maximally utilize him and that his success was sort of happening in spite of them, not because of them. Right. Like, essentially, Punk basically thinking, yeah, I'm champion right now because I talked to Khan and because I, like, Tony Khan respects me and all that stuff. It has nothing to do with the Bucks and Omega thinking that I'm the smart choice for business. And I'm going to add a little another layer here, and I'm sure it's been brought up elsewhere, but I'm going to bring it up anyways. Cody Rhodes, to me, felt like, you know, when the reshuffling happened and he lost creative power as well as the other vice presidents, but still felt to me like he was kind of getting edged out of his ideas. And there's been some cryptic tweets between him and Brandy on Twitter where I think I'm right on this, so I'm, I'm going to just continue with it anyways. But Cody always, to me, wanted to not have to blow up at anybody about the inter-office inter politics of AEW. And it felt almost like Tony was in on it with, with all of them, and it was almost like everybody against Cody type of a thing. And you'd hear it in the in in the uh, in the zeitgeist in the in the Twitter chatter and all that. Well, you know, Cody's just, Cody's not like the Bucks in the Elite. You know, they're they're into having you know big five star matches, and his instincts are just different. They're just too old school. They're this, they're that. The other. it's they, real they, interesting how there does seem to be a generally pro Bucks zeitgeist in the narrative that does tend to find a way to like take over places like Reddit those sort it, where it's yes Cody's kind of out of step with the Bucks it's it's all it's always person X is it's, out of step yes with it's, the, it's with, the it's the work rate people who who I mean the heavy heavy work rate people are like, well Cody isn't as good a worker as the Bucks therefore he doesn't know as much about what AEW should be and I think Cody not wanting to necessarily burn the bridge just said, okay, my time here is done time. to." And when he says time to leave the territory, I think it's because he felt like he was being forced out of the territory. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I remember that little phrase too. It's time to leave the territory, which was sort of like uh, the other slight sort of being like, you guys are still kind of like a smaller fish. You're you guys are still a territory. Maybe, maybe a yeah. little bit. And maybe that's also what, what, you know, punk is kind of hitting it as well, but a uh, couple more quick stories here from, from the news before we get to the lazy river, Pat McAfee temporarily leaving SmackDown for ESPN college game day, presumably be the energy and focus there since Lee Corso is kind of on the decline, but that to me is a fairly big loss. Cause not only has Pat McAfee been a lot of great fun and energy on that SmackDown show, he has given a second win to Michael Cole, who has been outstanding these past few weeks. Oh, I completely agree. Uh, I still got a few more things to say on Punk, dude. Oh, do uh, you? Okay. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I sent you like a PDF of. Yeah, like, I know, but I didn't want to read it because I didn't want to no, take no, any yeah. notes. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's fair, finish, okay. Let's fair. finish the Punk. No, I, I, yeah, all right. No, like on the Punk thing, like it. I I listened to Lanza's audio here yesterday, uh, and actually a, a difference for me. Um, and what I think Lanza was right about uh, 100% is that 
MJ or I'm sorry, that uh, Tony Khan needs to keep CM Punk away from WWE. You're paying you pay this guy to sit home. Um, like like he actually has utility not being an active playing piece on the battlefield right now because CM Punk going to WWE. I know there are some people who are like, it could never happen. It would never. He hates Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon's not there anymore. He hates Paul Levesque. Conversations can be had. Money can be had. Punk talked a lot about money in that press conference. Punk is in it for the money right now. Punk also has an unfulfilled dream. Still, you might not remember it, but it is to main event WrestleMania. Uh, CM Punk never got that. And if Levesque said to him, hey, dude, you want to go out there? No script. You bullet points. You just run your bullet points by me every week. This The era of the heavily scripted promo here, especially for you, it's over, baby. You can do what you want. You, you look at how it's working for guys like Kevin Owens. You can feud with Kevin Owens. We got a bunch of great guys for you to feud with here. Um, you can have WrestleMania program between Owens and CM Punk. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Owen oh. Owens had a comment about the whole punk thing too. Oh, did he? Well, well remember, well, it was a shot at punk because he 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 sent a picture of himself and Steve Austin, quote unquote, main eventing WrestleMania. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's also. Would you look. come? Would you mind coming in here and losing to Roman Reigns because we can't get The Rock this year, and it's in Los Angeles, biggest biggest city in the world, brother. Come on over. I mean, look, you know, you got to calibrate accordingly, but if Punk's for real about the money, that's what the money's about, right? Like, yes. it's, yeah, it's not about little fake belts. It's about it's about making real dollars. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I, I mean, look, uh, the, the press conference, I, I really don't want this to get lost because, I, I mean, so, some of it I feel goes, like, without saying, but I do want to kind of wrap up my thoughts with this. Like, it's not okay to get on a microphone and say, I want to fight other people I work with and then like invite them to come and fight me. Even though I, I talked about this as being fair warning, this is like not an okay fair warning to issue. It's just like you're, you're getting a fair warning from a madman. Uh, like where does, where does this end? Like does he just like start challenging other random people to fight him in the locker room? Is he JBL now? Like, you know, like if the Bucks and Omega didn't come down there. It was like Punk gonna just keep pushing this. Got a problem with me? Fight me. Got a problem with me? Come and talk. Let's let's talk. You know? Uh, no, I, I I just he he can't be in the locker room at this point. I, I mean, while they need to pay him to stay at home, I mean the other thing is he rightly or wrongly does not have that locker room. Uh, at this point, it's right that he doesn't have that locker room. I'm more saying rightly or wrongly in terms of when he first arrived. Um, was the well poison on the guy? I don't know if we'll ever fully know. Um, but he does not have that locker room. That that locker room is a toxic place for him to try to work in. And like, I think it would be more toxic if he came back. But but I think I mean one other thing here, Hawkins. Um, the EVPs they need to be disciplined much harder than this. Like, if, especially if you're talking about sending Punk away. I'm sorry, but like, what Kenny Omega and Nick Jackson and Matt Jackson did was make a bad situation absolutely worse. They escalated a bad situation on that evening. Um, perhaps it was an innocent mistake motivated by a deep love of all things fuzzy and warm. Um, but <laughs> m- m- I don't think it was, Jeff. I, I you call me crazy here. I just don't think it was. Um, so, yeah, like, yeah, no, I think it's good that they were suspended. I think it's right and good that they 
like lost the trio titles and like no i think they are every bit as responsible for the events of that evening as cm punk uh every but like the ultimately who who bears the most amount of blame and should get no applause no points awarded tony khan he made this situation from the ground up and and maybe i'm a little too too old school here but something you said <laughs> kind of angers me and i I'm, it's one of those things that that it's a nice it's a nice platitude but it's not necessary it that cm punk doesn't have the locker room this isn't a team sport i'm sorry it, it, Everybody's, okay, let, everybody's let me explain what I mean when I, I say no, that. No, 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 I, I, I understand exactly what you mean by by how you say it, but it's it's one of those things where it it's it's pushed too hard that we all have to have this place where we enjoy coming to work, and we all have to be friends, and oh, all of our coworkers have to go out afterwards and have drinks and and play the video games in everybody else's room and stuff, as opposed to saying. Just going home and being with your wife or whatever, you know, it's it it's not it. This isn't this isn't a, a camp. This isn't you know school. This is your job. It's like not a class election. No, I get what you're saying. Like this shouldn't be like some weird class election of are you going to vote for CM Punk or the elites, right? Yeah, but. That is the dynamic, and, and when I say he doesn't have the locker room, I mean this almost. I mean this far more from a business standpoint. Yeah, there know, are now a lot of people in that locker room who don't. for yes, nerd reasons, nerd reasons. I'm with you, ner- ninny nerd reasons are like not don't want to work with Phil Brooks. Don't think they can make any money with Phil Brooks. Um, like I, I get it, I get it, but you know, like punk made a point about like the money and the gates and everything. And like, yeah, it, the, the league guys built a nice company here and everything, but punk is the guy who popped the mega rating punks, the guy who, who drew the mega door yeah. and guys like punk and Moxley, who everybody loves and Brian Danielson. These are the, the analogy I kind of came up with is you have established credentialed, credibility holding maybe a little bit long in the tooth veteran rock bands like you know your pearl jams not like pearl jam 2022 like let's say pearl jam 2005 like an established band with with no credentials maybe you know on backside slightly but like an established franchise and the bucks and omega sort of proudly have always worn this mantle of being like cult you know big cult bands like they they are like big cult college acts, um, and I think you know Punk's kind of right to realize like, look, it's not that you guys aren't good; it's just that like, me and Brian Danielson and John Moxley are like, and, and Jericho also an, another example of yes. this template. We are the guys who ultimately sort of like, you know, we're the we're the toppings on top of the the crust and yes, the, and, the and, sauce. It, and, it, and it's going to drive them nuts because they think that because all these guys who are fans are coming from the indies and stuff like that and but i mean they gotta realize aew is still doing the smallest building in the city pretty much and for all of i mean another one of the explainers was you know when punk said that hangman hadn't done anything in this business or that the bucks and the don't know anything blah blah you know well, they they sold out the Tokyo Dome, and you're just like, 
Yes, they didn't have to cut 20-minute promos in English to really connect with the fan base to sell out the Tokyo Dome. Yes, we are in... That's AAA ball. We are in America right now, which has different standards and different things that people want in their wrestling. And and for all the all the bravado about we're we want to take on WWE and the little slights and the humorous he he he's and whatever on being the elite and when Tony Khan says that there are certain things you have to do in American wrestling to get Amer- to be popular in American wrestling and if you don't do it if you just think that your little what what you've done elsewhere on a smaller stage is going to get you there it's not. And I'm not saying WWE does things perfect because God knows if you've no, listened to this show more God than three no. weeks, you know that we, we trash what they do. But it's just one of those things where it's like, you guys don't don't have the scope. You don't have the eyeballs of of what this of 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 what a machine the WWE is. And you say you want to take them on, but you're acting like this is PWG where we're all friends. And I think and, that's Punk's big point right there. I think there there was one that he didn't fully articulate, but I was kind of able to like put together too, which is that like him and Moxley and Danielson and like the guys that Paige are dismissing and poo-pooing away, they are like the last generation of wrestlers that really knows anything about selling pay-per-views. Because there was this like weird half generation of like WWE talent that didn't really have to actually sell pay-per-views they have like network eventy things that like were promoted and managed differently and everything like like these guys do offer a lot of institutional experience they do um, aew uh, fans want to grade aew on a curve that that's that's just my opinion for them i mean the the hardcore aew people, the people that can't rationally talk about <laughs> about it the, the shortcomings the, well the shortcomings of like nick and matt jackson as single stars i'm sorry yes. like jay uso is a more compelling singles talent than that far. Sorry, I, but okay I, no i think he's a better promo I, okay I, I mean, yeah, okay no Fair no okay yeah i'm sorry six months nick jackson has to carry solo programs entirely on his own jay uso has to carry solo programs entirely on his own um, Jay's a better Jay's a better narrative vehicle. Yes, Nick's a better wrestler, but Jay's a better narrative vehicle because, as you said earlier, the demands of American wrestling are not just merely work doing work rate stuff. In a lot of cases, one of the things that Japan yes, Japan exposes people who can't work very well, but Japan also covers up people who can't promo very well. It's it's a double edged sort of sword. No, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I, and I agree. I mean, like I say, you make money with your mouth in America. And, right. I, and I, I, I concur with that. Uh, are, are we done with the punk talk now? I think so. I think well, the, so. Let, let's have a let's have an awkward segue into our sponsor, HelloFresh. Oh, God. You know, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, Hawkins, I am up all night. I am consuming content. I am working on writing copy for sponsors uh, for this show. I am listening to other podcasts. I'm prepping, right? I run out of time. The day is full. It's just full of stuff. Uh, so th- when, when that happens, I use HelloFresh. What is HelloFresh, you ask me? I, I'll tell you. I tell you now. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Have packed, have a packed schedule this fall? That sounds like me. I was just saying, I have a very packed schedule. I'm busy. HelloFresh has meals covered with a weekly selection of 30 plus recipes and 70 plus convenience items, all delivered 
to your door. You can easily customize your meals with the Hello Custom by swapping proteins or sides. So like, let's say you got a vegan girlfriend. You don't know what to cook for your vegan girlfriend, who you care deeply about. Hello Fresh has you covered. <laughs> they have you covered, Hawkins. I don't know how to cook this vegan stuff. Hello Fresh does it for me. Uh, it's never been easier to eat or cook your way or her way. Um, so, Hello Fresh. Uh, it's wonderful. As I just said, for my girlfriend, when I need to get vegan dishes and I want to like get her something different, Hello Fresh has actually been quite good on that front for me. So if you want to try Hello Fresh, go to hellofresh.com/vow16. Use code vow16. Some call it Vow16. That's for 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. That is hellofresh.com/vow16 using code Vow. 16 for 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. Hello, Fresh, America's number one meal kit. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotion promotional offer not available in washington dc Thank you, Chris. Uh, any anything you wanted to say about Pat McAfee leaving SmackDown since we kind of are sandwiching that? That uh, dude, he is that is a guy in demand, and I know he loves doing WWE, but I think I think he actually might be done. I know he says he's coming back when college football is over, but I believe his radio show just left satellite radio i think they're looking to make a big deal in syndication somewhere i'm not positive on that but this guy's making deals all over the place i think wrestling might be uh might be on the back burner yeah i mean he'll come back at some point no i certainly but like i i don't know that he's going to be back on commentary when the football season ends yeah I, I think that's a reasonable expectation look he's been a tremendous breath of fresh air on the show i, I just wish that we had gotten more mcafee in the post mcmahon era because commentary for me has been one of the biggest press of yes. fresh air yes in the wake of Vince McMahon every single show is now enjoyable to listen to it does not feel stiff and even like Corey to- Graves has been pretty you know loosey-goosey which is nice Byron had a really funny self-owning Byron line this week that yeah. like w- was in character. It was something about like, it's times like these, I'm glad I don't have a girlfriend. Yes. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah, wonderful. Wonderful stuff. No, like, <laughs> I, I, I laughed very hard at that line. Uh, he, he can be very funny. I just like commentary has really shined in the wake of this. And, and like, it's just a very simple way of doing it. Right. Like you just don't, get in their ear constantly and tell them what to do at all hours of the day, every day, right? Like, but assume that these grown ass men 
who have training and background in professional wrestling um, or in, in sports announcing know how to keep this thing afloat. And uh, yeah, no, I think it's great. Uh, I wish I, I look forward to when McAfee returns. I'm kind of with you. Don't think he's going to be back anytime soon. D'Lo Brown has left Impact as a producer. We'll continue with the Los Angeles-based UWN, which I believe is the United Wrestling Network. Darn shame. Love me some D'Lo Brown. One of my favorites. But uh, understand, onward and upward. Yeah, guy. No, no, no big thoughts on D'Lo. No, okay. No, I mean, great wrestler. Like, like you know, like yeah. As a producer, I have no idea how he is. Yeah, but I liked him I have... on commentary. I liked him on commentary too. I thought he was pretty good. Okay. Okay. Uh, that ends the rest. That ends the wrestling news. Got a got a big lazy river if we wanted because we had all three shows over the weekend. Even before we got to the Scrum and Punk and NXT and uh and Dynamite. Let me just I'll I'll start Lazy River this week with without anything specific, but just my general anger that none of these shows were none of these shows hit the dismount so to speak uh clash of the castle fun card possibly wwe's best main card in years to me i loved it loved the crowd loved everything and then they got to the main event and then they did the tyson fury thing and then tyson fury greets the guy who screwed <laughs> who screwed drew out of the thing and then they sing american pie Ah, just ended like crap. NXT Worlds Collide, good matches, bad finishes overall. With the exception of the two singles titles, which I thought both of those matches were really, really good. We can get into specifics in a bit. And then we get to All Out, where show starts out pretty good, I thought. The acclaimed tag team title match happens. The crowd is hot for it. They want it. They want the title change. They don't get it. And then they just decide that that they they don't really care about about most of the match until the main event, really. And uh, good main event, I thought. Uh, when I say hit the dismount, wrong metaphor probably because they hit the dismount on this one. Problem is there was an hour <laughs> between the acclaim loss and the main event where nobody gave a crap about anything, even if the work was good. Yeah, and I think your mileage varies very heavily on the trios matches if yeah. you like if you like that style of match you probably love those matches and if you don't like that style of match you probably got oversaturated by it by the second one probably but uh chris where would you like to start oh i i, I gotta start by taking a victory lap here uh the the internet has realized what i have always known hawkins uh-huh that sheamus <laughs> is out here putting out these low-key bangers, people. That was a great match. I started to see people saying, old man bangers. Oh, where did that come from? Who called them old man bangers? He's been calling them old man bangers for over a year now. Uh, yeah, no, it was a fantastic match. It, it delivered it, it delivered beyond my expectations. I, I was bullish on it just because Sheamus in the UK, kind of, you know, Levesque's going to want him to look good here. It seemed like, a, you know, a profile match. Uh, even if it was an early profile match, it was a profile match. And uh, they gave him time. And this match just ruled. Uh, oh, Meltzer, I love it. Meltzer gave it five stars. I don't know. I'd go five. Um, I mean, although I, I guess there 
has been inflation's hitting everywhere, including star ratings these days. Um, uh, so yes, but, five's like, no longer the best because he's been making things five and a half and six. Yeah, right. No, it's okay. Like yeah, even inflation's everywhere these days, Hawkins. Uh, there's no one, no one is safe. Um, but no, like I guess it, for me, it would you know I probably would have put it at like more like a four and a half or something like like if I had like it, it wasn't quite there, but it was I was like I remember like at the end of it going like. Well, geez, if someone ever asked me, like, what's like an above four star match, I would absolutely just rec- I would just be like this one. Yeah, like, like not, a, not, you know, not a, it's not a five star match because it didn't have like a, an insane story or anything that like really like hooked you in, but it was just worked so wonderfully. It was great. It was, it's the type of wrestling I like. And we got Giovanni Vinci up on the main roster. Acclaimed is reformed. I could not be happier about Imperium. that. Imperium. Imperium. What did I say? The acclaimed? The acclaimed. <laughs> okay, that's because I'm looking at notes and it's right above Gunther Sheamus. Sister be acclaimed. Daddy Gunther? Yeah, sister be Daddy Gunther. That would be... Oh, uh, <laughs> I love Imperium. I think they're a great stable. I think they're, you know, they're 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 also a little throwbacky in the foreign heel Uh um ouvois, if you want yes uh, yes yeah no totally totally uh but yeah i love them uh i will i will continue in clash at the castle i thought that six woman match was a lot of fun and god knows if the queen had died last weekend bailey would be queen of england <laughs> good listening to her try and fight against the chance to the delight of dakota kai and and Asuka's just Asuka's just being crazy and dancing on the apron because she doesn't know what's going on. I'm I'm convinced, but uh, yeah, that was a fun fun six woman match. I thought Qu- quite uh, quite quite a delight for a fan. Hot opener, which got the crowd going. Um, good for the women. Good for women's wrestling that uh, that they got a reaction like that in a stadium show. Yeah, no, I mean, look, one thing that is definitely settling in quite nicely is this new Bailey faction. Uh, she's she's got great character work. It looks like they know they know how to sort of maintain the profiles of Kai and Shirai while still having Bailey as the leader. Um, yeah, the the it, promo on on Monday was a little rough. Yes, <laughs> when you're talking about dismounts, I thought you were talking about follow up shows because I kind of like yes. I felt like the the follow ups to both of these right. were were a little bit like gut punched. Yeah, yes. I, I would agree. There, your turn, sir. Um, okay. Uh, let me take a look at uh what happened on. Let's do dynamite. Let's do dynamite here. Um, okay. okay. I mean, let's talk about uh the MJF, right? Like we we completely left about well, on one hand. I love like the poetic karmic justice that MJF got outshined by things from outside the ring <laughs> after, after he did this at the last paper. Like, no, couldn't happen to a guy who deserved it more. Uh, yeah, like, like karma, baby. Karma looks good on you. Um, I think MJF, uh, watching this brand on Wednesday, it seemed like they are very much trying to come up with a version where they really can move on even without the elite potentially. Um, like we're like the narrative can continue on without the elite as like key parts of it. Um, I think MJF's the right guy for this. Uh, I, I think people were really into him and Moxley similarly. Um, he, he, I, the fire up speech, I don't know that it landed for me, but it landed for a lot of people. Um, and I think, you know, the Moxley MJF feud is good. Not great, thought, but good. I, I thought the mock speech was really <laughs> I I absolutely loved 
when MJF stopped with the with the, <laughs> gotta go see my friend Cody Rhodes and uh, you know like my favorite wrestler of the game said when he stopped with the fake WWE praise the look on Mox's face that was Mox cutting a promo against his former employer. And that's why it worked for me quite a bit. I mean, he was getting he was getting out some things he's wanted to say that he hasn't quite been able to say in a while. And you know, I, I think I, I, I like Mox a lot. Um I'm gonna say this. I, I thought sympathy for the devil. I hate I hated the booking of that ladder match. That casino ladder match drove me nuts. Right. Because I hate when, you know, every single person should now have a gang of people down there to just try and fight off the other competitors to get in there. Um, well, well, there's that. Okay, here's another thing, though. for the devil's a little too on the nose for me, too. Here's another thing, though, Hawkins. Um, Stokely, uh, there are seven people who should want that ass the yes. next night. Like, like, like the, the, the fallout has to be, okay, yeah, Stokely heisted the, the chip, but, like, Claudio and Roosh and Andrade. Why weren't and, they out there whooping his ass during his yes, promo? Yes, like, like yeah, like, like uh, or and, and more importantly, like have have Stokely in the ring and have the other guys basically keeping all of those dudes from getting in the ring and interrupting Stokely. Yeah. Um, but like there, that was a real sort of like dropped bit of continuity, and, yeah. and I was worried about them. Like, oh, so like you know, like Cesaro's just gonna like watch the chip get stolen from him and be like, what well, stinks. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's 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 a look. Uh, you can say it's wrestling, and oh, don't take it so seriously or whatever. But you know what? I want I want you to set rules for the world that we're living in here, and I want you to play by those rules. If if if, if this was most of these guys only shot at a real world title match, these guys should be fuming. These guys should be storming Tony khan's room going what the f was that you know just just something and it should dominate this dynamite show why aren't we in the tournament for the for for a title match and as opposed that, to that would have been wonderful because now you have a kayfabe controversy and so like you could keep saying things like oh wait cody's gonna address the controversy address the controversy and like you're now sort of you know yes there's a controversy about the title um but it's a kayfabe controversy it's not the one that's being played off off screen yeah, it, it was just ridiculous. And then, and then you know, and, and there's also now the question was, is MJF part of Stokely's crew or is he not? Yeah, Stokely was nowhere to be found during the promo or were these just guys that he hired, this this island of misfit toys? Right, and then what that, was the payoff? Like, like what, what did Stokely yeah. get in? I mean, I'm confused Sto too. Sto there needs to be a reason why all these guys went with Stokely other than he gave them a card. Like, even... Even mishmash '80s stables have a reason. Like Devastation Corp or Devastation Corporation, Skandar Akbar's group was just like every mishmash of heel you could get. But the whole point was they're being paid a lot of money, mostly to take out the Von Erich brothers. Yeah, like like I get that. Like these guys could be like a new Merc group. I, I think I'm, I'm would rather rather than having Stokely aligned with MJF, I would just have this be the establishment of Stokely's mercenary group. Yes. And that they that they are for hire. MJF is the first of many people who have hired Stokely's little mercenary army. Um and they get stuff done. And and now Stokely will always have this one incident to point to that like 
oh yeah, my my guys can get stuff done. Yeah, I you can get, sell them on. I can get you a title shot if you need it. I can get you yeah, this if you need it. I can, I can get, get the belt off of that guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, if, man, well, their guys are such geeks. Other than MJF has to be in there for some credibility because look, the, the whole you're point gonna of, have to make Big Cass look like a million dollars. Is it uh, William it Morrissey, Lee Moriarty? Yeah. Oh, that, yes. Doing doing that. You all they did was have him in there to do that. You just got knocked the f out thing from Friday, and it's like, come on, man. I mean, we got to serious this bunch up after being called ass boys, and I'm just yeah. I, again, dis the dismount uh thing here was not very very good. No, no. Um, and yes, right now that group, I'm with you has some casting problems. Like, Love Stokely is the leader. The support guy's uh, verdict is still out. Kenny is saying, let's see how this plays out. Chris is wringing his hands. Staying staying in on Dynamite and within All Out. I never thought that the acclaim would be that over as underdog baby faces. And man, Anthony Bowen's work with his knee was so damn fantastic on, on that pay-per-view. I, they should not belt them though in Long Island. That is their apex right there. You either belt them that night right there, or or you you let them be cult heroes for the rest of their career and try and build upon that right now because it's the law of diminishing returns. They were never going to be as hot as they were that night. It will not be like that in Long Island, in my opinion, Chris. Do you disagree no. or no? No, I, I I think you should belt them, but like now. You need to really finish off the story that Keith and Swerve are heels. They need to go full heel this time. Okay. Yes. I I, I want no, the chase is better than the catch here, but eventually the acclaim need to catch. Daddy Ass needs to give them the eye of the tiger here. Um and show them how to be the new age out. Well, Daddy Ass cannot interfere as much as he had because it makes them look weak. No, and, I and get that. No, 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 no. He can't he can't interfere as much. He has to. He has to give him the eye of the tiger. He's got. He's got to be Apollo Creed here. He can't. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you. He can't. And, he can't and what the, and, the, and if you gotta have the acclaim win, they need to win strong over them in Long Island because they have a credibility problem. Quite frankly, they are not as good as FTR. They are not as good as the Bucks. They are not as good, possibly as the Lucha Brothers. Uh, no, I. Th I think the bigger problem here now is that the the story of Swerve and Keith going heel is as interesting as the acclaims story is yeah and, well right now you now, have a heel and a baby face because oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah i mean okay i know everyone uh, i i get that people keep saying that but you go back and listen to the keith lee during the little scrum thing okay. um he's saying a lot of heelish stuff uh it's not as heel as swerve but Keith, the light bulb if we're looking at the blocking in the match here the light bulb goes off for keith keith yeah. is like oh heel Huh? <laughs> Neil. Huh? You know, what if I? What if we do the knee breaker on the knee? Like, 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 like I, no, I, I, to me, the story here is that the the switch is finally going on for Keith Lee. That like being a heel could be kind of rad. Um, and, and Swerve selling him on it. Um, like, like, like he's already starting to realize this, but Swerve is going to complete the sale is where I think, I think this is going. Um, and more importantly, I guess I think it should go, but I feel like they started telling that story on, uh, on Sunday. And then like, 
especially when the crowd resoundingly booed the scissor me daddy ass like bury the hatchet stuff at the end of oh, this. Oh yeah, the bury the hatchet stuff died. They should just they should No, just... no, I I think I mean honestly like uh the I I think you you heat this feud up further. Um I okay. I think yeah, no, I I think the I think the acclaim need to get screwed hard. At the, like they need to have the belts won and they need to get screwed. And Keith hard. Lee is the one who screws them? Yes. Okay. Uh, like, and, and maybe even yes, Sw- Swerve and Keith attack daddy ass at the end of it. Like no, no, like they, they, we need to, we need to put the heat back. Like we need to put the heat on the heels so that like, we really fall back in love with the acclaimed chase that we want to see these guys kick these guys ass now. Also, I'm like, so here for Keith Lee being like Vader 2.0, like, like doing like Keith Lee's best version of Vader. Like, come on, let's go. Yeah, no, I, I'd love to I want Keith Lee to just have more violent offense right no i know i know that's i'm really here for him as a heel because like he is going to have some enhancement in matches where he just like annihilates people like in the most athletic and devastating ways and it'll, it'll rule um yeah no i i i'm very I, like i think it's a great program i don't think they need to stop this program i think they need i All think right. they, need, they need to write it further is my opinion your turn sir um okay um um i feel like they you know the trios title thing like man really should have been orange cassidy on that i i I just don't see how this helped death triangle at all like it seems to me like makes the lucha brothers happy <laughs> That's I, know, it, I, I think I get that. I, I agree they, with you. In they principle. had a couple of moments where they didn't seem very happy during that match either. Um, they, well, you, you know how they can. Well, be. it's funny because punk, punk, punk's the biggest malcontent in a in a in a in a, uh, in a federation with Roosh, with Thunder Rosa, with the Lucha Brothers. <laughs> well, he's the biggest malcontent in English. Yeah. Oh. Man, <laughs> I, think my, I think my joke was bringing Tessa Blanchard and really smooth things over. Human resources. But I, I think the whole point of uh, of building the the elite in the first place was we didn't want to make that screw up. Uh, you know where where we put the title on, or we screw, or the title's not on the main best trios in our company and. Look, I, I like the best friends. They're a fun act. They're over. Are they as good or in terms of quote unquote wrestling match star rating, you know, pop, pop the fanboy uh, dirt sheet writer uh, as, as best friends? No. So they're going to put them on the death triangle and you didn't have the option to put them on the house of black as Alistair black. I forgot to mention this. He is, he is gone temporarily, uh, has been given a conditional release by AEW. Don't know what conditions those are. I would assume WWE is not in that is, is for the is, love is, of God. Please don't talk to Paul Levesque. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> please. No conversations with Paul. We know he likes you. I think I can bring back this book. And <laughs> Oh, he's a sucker if he thinks WWE likes him more. Um, but yeah, it, it, I think it, I think this was going to be a workman's title type of a thing versus people who are the most over. I think the best friends will get it eventually and they'll have good matches. But really, right now, what they want to do is make this a hot commodity. Yeah, I get that. Um, I I just 
like I don't necessarily agree with what I'm saying right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know. I I know no, I think they I, I'm with you. I think they want I mean, if, if you remember that they had this on like the Bucks and Omega and stuff, they they want these to be profile. They like they don't want the trios titles to be perceived as the less than tag team titles. Right. That you have two men holding two titles and three men holding three titles and ipso facto, like, you know, they are less, less than, or whatever. Um, I, I, I mean, I think that this is just like sort of the inherent problem, right? Like, you know, you, I think orange might be AEW's Tommy dreamer. The guy who's never going to get the belt, you know, he's just, he's just going to be over as he's going to be the, he's going to be the people's win people's champion yeah and, and, and theoretically a guy who especially with the right presentation you can always heat up to main event status and like people will be really excited for an orange cassidy program against like mjf or something like that like and like i'll go one step further dude uh, i think that the jane uh change in his theme song really it works yes it's so, it's so good for him it, it yeah. just yeah it, it like initially was like oh and I've now I've I've completely 180. It's like way better than Where Is My Mind. I get that like Where Is My Mind was supposed to like capture like a lackadaisical aspect to him, but what I like so much about Jane is that like it can be sort of like he can come out in a lackadaisical way, but like Jane also is a song where you can come out kind of as a house of fire, like you're ready to yeah. kick someone's ass, and like those piano chords like like sort of convey that urgency. I think it gives him much greater dynamic range as an entrance theme song than whereas my mind does. I'm going to jump to NXT. Okay. Uh, Mako Satomura's had a week. Uh, I thought that women's trios title, as much as I hated the trios concept, I thought she and Mandy Rose had pretty good chemistry, to be honest with you. And Blair Davenport wasn't, wasn't in the way as much as I thought either. Um, Mandy Rose, <laughs> She's never going to light the world on fire in terms of critical acclaim, but man, she's a good champ. I know those are two different things and some people don't think they are, but they are. She's a very good women's champ for, for an NXT division because it, it totally heals on the audience of what they want NXT to be. And she's not a bad wrestler, but Mako in there too. And then on Tuesday, God, this was the match I wanted when she when I heard she was in NXT in the first place. Roxanne Perez and Mako Satomura just tore the house down. I thought I, I oh, loved that was this so match. great. That was, was yes. It, I mean, yeah, like no, of course it went the way you, you would expect it to go. It, but it was it felt like a wrestling match versus yeah. they were practicing dance moves, and I loved it. I absolutely loved this match. And I was just I, I maybe this is like what happens when you start getting a little bit older. I was so excited for Roxanne Perez to have this experience of having this really awesome match with Mako Satamora, because like, you know, that 20 years from now, she will remember and like really appreciate the interaction she had here. Yeah. And look, this is, I, I think very highly of her. I think, I Roxanne's think really very great. highly of Roxanne yeah. Perez to the point where I'm going to say she's the next Bailey. And I hope that Triple H knows what to do with a with a baby face who was built up on NXT and gets super uber popular, and then you bring her to the main roster. You don't turn her heel immediately. You don't make her an idiot immediately. And and let's hopefully this whole thing with uh I almost called her Sky Blue with Cora Jade and, and being too dumb to use a kendo stick. Let, let's hope that's the hiccup. Let's hope that's it. 
because she's a star and she has the she has the most her charisma uh, they did a after the match thing with uh for for the for the website and whatever with uh what's her face the uh the person who used to be with ROH and they just signed her. I forgot her name there uh uh Quinn 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 McKay was her name in ROH but she's now the she's now the backstage interviewer at uh NXT and and she just she cut a hell of a promo with some emotion in it and I just thought yeah she has it Let, let's not blow this she's not gonna have the size she's gonna be a little small but but she's great she's a great wrestler and yeah oh, I agree you with know you. what I'm ready for what I'm ready for here is JC Jane and Roxanne Perez to start getting their career feud going yeah because um, th- these two of this class both just the primetime talents uh I I like let's let's see what these two have let's let's let them like work a feud too Let's see what's and, up. And then to counteract my positivity, I have to snark a little. Uh, <laughs> even though I like the character, and <laughs> Kiana James, <laughs> she lives in a '90s porno world without the sex scenes, and it's You've amazing. You've had me thinking about this all week. Like it, it is nothing but the first five to seven minutes yes. of porno. And, and imagine an entire world conducted with people who are like several notches dumber than average like oh i hear that you have a leak yes i have had this leak for two hours i am very busy busy at business today all of them have- showing cleavage all of it's like i'm waiting for a pizza with a hole in the box to be delivered at some point i mean if you want to know the name of her sisters it's giovanna abernio brazilian uh jujitsu black belt easy on the eyes let's say it <laughs> you're into that but i'm just that and then she goes talk to ariana uh what, what's her name uh Ooh, uh, oh yeah santino's yeah. uh, kid yes yeah right, right i almost right. called her Ar- ariana Huff- huffington huffington yeah i know she does yeah yeah, yeah but no, yeah no, right uh, and now like ariana's probably gonna and she's the same way she's a, she's a character in this it's almost like <laughs> this is all prequel to some giant <laughs> Makeout session between all of them. And it's like, no, they know they're doing this. The espresso boys are kind of like this too now. Yes. <laughs> yes, boy. Uh, <laughs> but my God, it's like, it's like, okay, here, here's, here's hot girl with glasses acting as a businesswoman with her just over the top, too sexed up assistant, and then runs into the quote-unquote actress reading a script <laughs> it's like is is there is there a hot nurse somewhere who can join you tell my agent who is named philip that i am very displeased <laughs> with the agency oh hold on hold on a second aria it's very interesting i have a call from steven he's a business guy i talked to steven <laughs> duncan are- yes duncan remember? <laughs> yeah, duncan duncan where are the documents i have been waiting for these i've been documents waiting I've been- <laughs> all morning oh what is we we used to have something at improv i forgot what i think it was like the 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 mcgillicuddy file and we'd always just refer to it. It was just, it's this file that would, we couldn't think of anything to label properly. Bring me the McGillicuddy file. It's like, that's what this was. I have, I have important papers I need on my desk right now. You don't understand. I have a 2.30 meeting. <laughs> but, but no, it's, it's great. Someone who, 
it, it's like an actor who's like acting in a television show never having done like the prep work where you like go in and bed with the person you know like if you bed with a cop for a week to be a better cop or like you like go in and bed in an office for a week to kind of get a sense of office culture it's like yeah james like i don't need to do that i i i i understand the the management structure i got this asia carrera and christy canyon think you're acting stiff uh- <laughs> jenna jameson has some notes jenna jameson has some script notes for you exactly uh here you go sir oh man um okay so uh what else um hmm I'll throw in something if you okay. Go for it. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. As as advertised, I I adored Ricochet and Carmelo Hayes. Yeah, Rick Williams need to stay the hell out of that end of that match, and I I was it was driving me nuts because the tag team match was a screw job with uh I want to say it's not Bronson Reed it's uh what's the name of the other Diamond Mine guy? Oh um no I know you're talking about uh Damon Damon something yeah. Uh, I, that pissed me off. I mean, all these matches with the screw jobs pissed me off, but that's that one the most because that thing was a banger from front to back until all the trick Williams crap loved that man. Run that back at a mania or a man, stadium and, and, and ricochet finding promo fire has just been, I, it's like, yes. where has this been in all my life? Wow. Um, Wardlow, I thought was a very interesting, like the utilization of him on Dynamite was very interesting. Um, I get on one hand having him squash Tony Nese. Uh, on the other hand, I feel like we've r- been running in place with this dude for a minute. Yes. A- and and that like he needed to be in this world title picture and it made no yes, sense. Yes, he's it a made TNT no sense. title holder. Right. I, I, I mean, honestly, like, if you really think about this for, for a company that always cares about rankings and stuff, and I know that the, the ranking system's undoubtedly unbelievably screwed up at this point if they've even bothered to assess it. Um, Wardlow would be very, very high. He would absolutely have to be a world title contender. He's, he's the current holder of the, the second highest championship. Um, like he should have been in this title picture. I think the only reason they didn't want to do it is just because they so like MJF, MJF. But like, frankly, uh, this is a great time to reintroduce the crashing cars of Wardlow and MJF. They don't have to, they don't have to impact at this point, but just having them on either side of a bracket and reminding people, these two dudes hate each other. Um, and now they're going for something that like they both want. Um, that's interesting. That's Wardlow's interesting. feuds have sucked. They've um, all sucked. And like this guy, and he you need to have to be he, super into him. You know what I mean? Like you, like we, he's so big and dominating. Well, that, that's like, the we, problem. We need, to, I, we need to love him. You, no, I, we need to have a real attachment with him. And these feuds aren't getting us there. Well, that, I mean, that's also the issue is that, is that, and it's, it's something that modern fans don't realize you need to do because they always go, well, it makes you look weak, but these types of powerhouse champions need an obstacle to overcome. And they need to be a credible world title level thing to overcome as opposed to Satnam Singh and the ROH goofs. You know, it's one of those things where like I'm here for Wardlow and Hobbs who had some very interesting booking on all out, which I liked actually, but yeah, 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 no, but, but like, you know, comes to mind. But do you want to beat Hobbs or do you want Hobbs to end up, Un- unseating Wardlow, but you need somebody of that caliber, or you need him. You need 
Wardlow to feud with a Moxley or a Page or a Danielson. Someone of that caliber and be able to overcome it. Wardlow needs, what comes to mind, is he needs something similar to the gimmick that Diamond Dallas Page was doing in 1997 with the ribs. The ribs went on too long. But, especially for Wardlow, it would be good for him to have this, like, rib injury thing that's like kind of like a vulnerable spot that he's working through and it's heroic and he ultimately prevails and stuff. But something that, like, I don't know, allows for a little bit more intrigue and a little bit more vulnerability in these matches without completely giving up the ghost. Like, Hobbs would be a great guy for him to have a feud with. He beats Hobbs, but the residual of of beating Hobbs is that he's now dealing with this rib injury and he's not right for six months, and it ultimately leads to him losing the title. Yeah, or he loses to Hobbs and and gets the ribs then and starts the ascent back, because I think... I think it wouldn't be, I mean, you don't have to do it now, but I think Hobbs getting the TNT title, then Starks getting his first win against Hobbs for that title should be the way to go here. And so I found that very interesting that he just, he got, he got murder death. I mean, he didn't get murder death in the match, but he got beat clean. He got beat. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't bug me at all. No, it, it, no, there's that, but like, it just didn't feel like Starks really like the way it opened up. No, well, the way the match opened up, I think, was was a mistake. Where, like, Starks came in House of Fire, and then, like, Hobbs was really able to kind of tamp him down pretty quickly after that. Like, I know the match got more competitive from there, but it set, like, a certain tone of a differential between Starks and Hobbs that Starks was never going to overcome. Well, I hope that's the story, actually. Because I hope it's just that, hey, Hobbs has his number until Starks goes back and re- redefines what he wants to do and, and how he how he wrestles especially with this neck thing or something because yeah, everybody was expecting the coronation. I was like, I don't know guys. I think Hobbs is the money here right now, even though Starks is a star in the making. It was just, it just didn't feel like the time, but uh, I know a lot of people were upset by it. I was not so much. No, I mean, everyone always gets a little upset when a heel goes over a well-liked baby face, but like, this is how you built good heels. Um, you know, like if we want to get to Hobbs versus Wardlow, I think it was very important for Hobbs to beat Starks here. Okay. Uh, yeah. Your turn if you have anything else. Okay. Um, let me see here. Uh, well, we just, I just did Wardlow. Um, I, I guess my final thought on dynamite is that for me, it, it, it was hard to sink my teeth into the rest of the episode. After they, they kind of had, like, with how they set up, it's like a tournament. I, just, I don't know, like, it, the work was fine on this show, but it was just, like, it felt a little flat for me on the rest of Dynamite. Well worked, but just a little flat. And then I, it, I'm with you. I, I felt like, you know, I felt like we should establish hotter feuds here as opposed to let's give them a good wrestling show. I, I If you're watching this and you don't know anything about the scrum, too, I you know, it's one of those things where it's like, well, Okay, due to circumstance, I mean, tell us that they're suspended at least, as opposed to we're just going to avoid everything about talking about this. Yeah. And feel like nothing ever happened and nobody ever existed. And I understand that strategy. It's not the worst strategy in the world. Don't get me wrong. It gives you more narrative flexibility, but but it also feels like you're lying to people. Yep. Or like a little. Like you don't need to talk about how they got into a fight or whatever you just said said they've been suspended for 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 uh, conduct outside conduct of the organization yeah, conduct it, yeah. 
Yeah. Right. Like, like outside of the purviews of, of our, you know, the wrestling sport that we put on here, you know, like, like so yes, you, you can keep it still within a kayfabe world. Um, I know, of course, people are like you know, living on the joke of what will the casuals think? But like, I don't know. That stick matters. with me. Here. Yeah. Stick with me here, people. Um, they can't all be 1 million passionate ravenous fans, right? Like, or 2 million rabid passionate fans. Go to a WWE show. Do you really see 2 million passionate fans? Especially no, when a- you're only getting like 100,000 to 200,000 buys. No, you show. need, you, 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 you gotta, I, I get it. Not everything has to be done at service of the casuals, especially not for a product that does like have a base that is built around like cult wrestling fandom. And AEW's definitely like, the cult of wrestling is very much an important part of the AEW formula. And like, you shouldn't alienate that. That I, I no, like, I, it tries yeah. to be nuts. It tries but, to be nuts. The, no, oh, you, you should keep the casuals like in the loop here. And you should actually give a shit about what they're, what they're thinking as they're watching all of this. Do you need to have everything explained to you like a little child or whatnot. Well, you know, if, if four major characters who just won titles are not on the show, <laughs> you know, it's, it's that kind of like, I don't need things explained to me with exposition and stuff. I don't. As long as it's true to the world and true to the thing that you set there. And that's the problem that a lot of wrestling has is it doesn't do that. So then they over explain things because they, you know, they're mostly lazy and, and whatnot. But yeah, a little bit of, yeah, a little bit of just, hey, They've been suspended, and then everybody else can go run to the internet and see what happened. But and, and, and then, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I I think the other big mistake on Dynamite here was it was too much wrestling and not enough jumping some angles. Like let's let's get some hot stuff started. Yeah, like, let's, let's get, get let's let's heat up the hater uh, DMD thing. Other than just a backstage vignette. Yeah, right. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, Garcia and Yuta is a good match that I'm interested in seeing. Like I didn't need to see it last week. I oh, I'll talk. I'll let me talk about that real quick then. Yeah, I. This is one thing they did right. Even though that pure title, that's mean crap, and they need a referee who knows the pure rules, and they need to do actually put some graphics on the screen with say rope breaks left, space so, so we so we can learn pure rules as opposed to just being told pure rules. They finally built up an interesting character and gave him the coronation where they needed to give him the coronation. In Daniel Garcia, he had to win the title here in Buffalo. Otherwise, if you're gonna elevate him, I don't think that. Okay, okay, I'll it. grant that. I'll grant that. So then, maybe, maybe I would have done one less match in the title bracket this month. This okay. Week. Yeah. No. No. I'm with you. Like, like you're not, now that you're you're making a compelling argument here. Like, maybe, maybe Hangman Danielson didn't actually need to happen. So that he doesn't overshadow the win. Yeah. 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 I agree. I agree with that. Uh, let's end it there. We've talked a lot of wrestling today. This show is yes. fairly long for your for your weekend. We hope you enjoyed it. You can f- we like to thank HelloFresh once again. What's the deal, Chris? Okay, so you get sixteen free. Uh, oh golly, it's like sixteen free over seven something with yes. three gifts. Six, six. Okay, sixteen, 16 free, free gifts meals over seven, over seven orders. Yes, over seven yeah. orders with with three additional things. You can follow me at Crap Game Thirteen. You can follow the show at Shake Them Ropes. I am on Fight Game Media after Dynamite, giving hot takes. That's Patreon.com/slash Fight Game Media for five bucks a month. I also just did Fightful overbooked after or Fightful or was it uh, coexisting with Rob and and uh, and Maggie after dark on Fightful select. Uh, go check that out. It's a nice little interview on their Patreon, patreon.com slash Fightful. But of course, tens of thousands of you already know that. 
Chris has a Patreon, not as big as Fightfuls. No. That's getting there. Yeah, we try. Okay, <laughs> we're at 35, so we, we got some work. Look, come on, people. Let's go over to patreon.com slash DWATG this week. Uh, I'm going to m- drop another episode here. It's all right, If you follow me on Instagram, you can see what else I'm doing, which is instagram.com uh, slash Dr. Nope or at Dr. Nope on Instagram. Um, I've been very busy doing music, but I'll have another politics show here out uh, probably in the next week or so. Um, I just need to sit down and draft something out. Uh, so go and check that out over at don't worry or at patreon.com slash DWATG. Follow me on Twitter at DWATG, where I occasionally opine about politics now, less now than before. Mostly I'm on Instagram, which is Dr. Underscore Nove. And thanks again to Mindy's for the baked goods. So good. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.